Now, making his way to the podcast studio all the way from Sacramento, California, he eats, sleeps, and breathes pro wrestling. He is the best self-proclaimed pro wrestling analyst in the world. Wrestling is still real to him, and he is here to keep good wrestling alive. He is the host of Snug Wrestling Podcast, the one, the only, Edgar Avila. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to Snug Wrestling. I am your host, Edgar. Welcome back whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, all over the world. This is episode number 31. Thank you guys for rocking with me so far, and be sure to hit me up, like, subscribe, follow the socials at Snug Wrestling if you haven't already, and if you have, you're amazing. The elites, they have been the center of a attention lately for many reasons a lot of crazy shit has been said about the elite and with all this news about the new contracts that the elite signed with AEW some of the stuff that's been going around I think is worth mentioning so these new contracts that the elite signed with AEW they were offered a higher pay the bucks they're still going to be the EVPs of AEW but this was a pretty big deal for many reasons Not only is this the highest guarantee any tag team in pro wrestling history has ever received, and I'm talking about the Young Bucks, this contract is higher, even higher than the WCW deals for Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Now, I'm not sure if that also counts the inflation, and we're talking about these WCW deals that happened over 20 years ago, but even then, 20 years ago, these contracts that Skull Hall and Kevin Nash got at the time were unheard of. Not too many people in that time were getting that type of money unless your name was Hulk Hogan. So I can think of a lot of tag teams, good deserving tag teams. And not only is this being called the highest guarantee in tag team history, in pro wrestling history, but there was a lot of talk that also went into the elite possibly not signing or re-signing with AEW. It was reported that WWE was also interested in Kenny Omega as well as the Bucks. Now nothing was said about Hangman Adam Page which could have been another factor in them re-signing with AEW. Instead of Kenny Omega and the Bucks going to WWE, they re-signed with AEW so all four of them can be together. The Elite, all four members including Adam Page, all signed with AEW. The internet was saying that WWE was highly interested in Kenny Omega and wanted to bring him over to the company to feud with top guys like Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Cody Rhodes. And the elite were actually considering this and actually considering making the jump to go to WWE. And one of the reasons I'm sure was money, but another reason too is issues, they still remain in the locker room in AEW. 
Punk returned to AEW, and since his return, he's mostly been focused on Collision. He hasn't really been on Dynamite. The Elite has mostly stayed on Dynamite as well. So this looks like a brand split. You have the Elite on one show, and you have Team Punk on the other show. And the rumors are saying that Elite almost didn't re-sign with AEW because of the remaining Punk situation that are still going on. So all of these things that are happening at the same time was affecting the elite re-signing with AEW, which was the reason why it was such a big deal. There was a lot of things that went into this with the interest that WWE had, the fact that the elites, they all wanted to stay together, all four of them, and the issues with Punk. But as we all know, the elite ended up re-signing with AEW, and I think it's a smart choice, especially if the Bucks are getting the biggest guaranteed contract in all of tag team pro wrestling and they still get to be the evps of the company so the elite they're no dummies they have it made pretty good right about now but out of all the tag teams in the whole entire world the bucks to have the highest paid contracts in pro wrestling history that is kind of crazy to me are the young bucks really that important to pro wrestling like are the people really dying to see these guys are they drawing main event status i don't take anything away from the Bucks. They have a good story that was kind of briefly explained in that Cody Rhodes documentary as well, where they went off and did their own thing and made a big name for themselves in the indies. They started this all-in pay-per-view indie show, and they were successful, and they've done a lot of great things. But when it comes to the stuff in the ring, the matches, their drawing power, I don't feel like the Bucks are really that deserving of being being named the best tag team in the world or being named the tag team that deserves a highest guaranteed contract in pro wrestling history but AEW and Tony Khan they see a lot of value in the young bucks still and they're willing to dish out the dough to keep them and make sure that they don't go for WWE so a lot of interesting stuff with this new contract signing that the elite just signed with AEW it looks like so much went into play here to keep these guys in the company so i hope you guys are excited to see the elite in aw for the next few years to come aw collision on saturday is back to its regular good wrestling programming unlike last week the show was a little bit rougher than usual and it wasn't as good but i think they're back on track here the opening bout was the tag team champions ftr and they wrestled big bill and brian cage Dax Harwood had a uh, lover boy Dennis Condry jacket which was really nice and FTR they were wrestling two big massive athletes like Big Bill and Brian Cage FTR they were doing a lot of double teaming here and were really putting over their opponent's size and made Brian Cage and Big Bill look really good FTR ended up retaining and they hit the big rig on Brian Cage and they got the pin one two three but FTR they managed to make another tag team look really good 
Big Bill and Brian Cage, they lost the match, but they were able to have a good match versus FTR, and they were able to show the people what they can do as a tag team. So good win here by FTR. The TBS title was on the line with Chris Statlander versus Mercedes Martinez. And this match, it wasn't a perfect match, but it was still way better than Britt Baker versus Ty Valkyrie. Chris Statlander barely steals a win here over Mercedes Martinez with a bridge. And this is Chris Statlander's maybe third or fourth title defense. We don't really get to see her wrestle that often, but when we do, it's it's always a treat. There's an afterbirth. Mercedes Martinez gets some heat on Stantlander. And then Diamante comes out for the save. Or at least it looks like it's a save. But Diamante ends up helping Mercedes Martinez. And this is another person that we never really get to see. I can't remember the last time we seen Diamante on AEW television. But she's back now. And she has joined the heel side of the women's division. And has lined herself up with Mercedes Martinez so we'll see where that goes the ex-AEW women's champion Tony Storm has an interview and she is very upset after her loss versus Sheeta and she cuts a great promo on Tony Schiavone but I think we're all upset about this Tony Storm should not have lost a title versus Sheeta I don't know why they did that other than it was the 200th episode of AEW and Sheeta is one of the AEW originals but Tony Storm is the best heel probably their best worker and i think it's too soon for someone else to be the champ tony storm should have retained here unfortunately that's not the case but hopefully she gets a rematch soon versus hikaru shida samoa joe versus serpentico that's the next matchup here and this was a squash match samoa joe destroyed serpentico and i would love to keep seeing samoa joe getting fed the these lucha guys and seeing samoa joe keep winning convincingly like he did on this episode Samoa cuts Samoa Joe aka Sweet Tooth cuts a promo on CM Punk and says their last match is not good enough for Samoa Joe because it was a roll up and because of the history with Samoa Joe and Punk he believes that this feud deserves a rematch in a bigger stage so Samoa Joe challenged CM Punk at the Wembley it should be a really good match CM Punk and Samoa Joe they usually have great matches I still believe that the match for a big show like the Wembley this is AEW's biggest show yet I just saw that AEW even broke Wrestlemania's record at the Wembley they have sold over 80,000 tickets so I thought for a show like that and I still think that the match should be CM Punk versus MJF these two guys they're both champions CM Punk is claiming to be the real champion MJF has the triple B I thought the match that we were going to see at the Wembley is MJF versus CM Punk but it's not it looks like we're going to be getting CM Punk versus Samoa Joe it should still be really good and then on the other side we have MJF versus Adam Cole the acclaimed the acclaimed they had an interview about Billy Gunn and his retirement the acclaimed pretty much are confirming that Billy Gunn he's done and the reason that he wanted to retire is because Billy Gunn feels like he doesn't have it anymore he's been losing a lot he's been causing the acclaimed to lose these matches and he wants to retire 
but this interview felt like they were talking to Billy Gunn like he had passed away. This was really emotional. The guys from the acclaim were getting really teary-eyed and it was just so dramatic. I'm like, bro, the man just wants to retire. He's been in wrestling 30-something years, maybe more. And if people just, if they don't want to work anymore, if they don't have to work anymore, then just let them retire. There's nothing wrong with it. But no, the acclaimed here, they're really sad and they're really upset about it and they're asking for Billy Gunn to come back. We had the open house match challenge. The House of Black versus Martin Andretti and Lee Johnson. The House of Black come out with Julia Hart and it's good to see Julia Hart because last week she went through a table but she's okay now and because this is the open house challenge there's open house match rules. 20 second count outs. Any three competitors can form a trio. No rope breaks. DQs are enforced and dealer's choice. The House of Black gives the other team one stipulation that they can choose and they chose Julia Hart gets banned from ringside. Out of all the things they chose, they chose Julia Hart. Julia Hart has been known to get involved in the matches to help the House of Black, but out of all the things that they could have chosen, this team of Martin, Andretti, and Johnson think that their biggest threat that they need to get rid of to help them win this match is Julia Hart. So Julia Hart got thrown out of the ringside, but it doesn't matter because House of Black ended up winning this match and this match was not my favorite. Andretti, Martin, and Johnson were doing a lot of acrobatic, choreographed stunts. Buddy, he got a big pop when he got tagged in. So the AEW fans are realizing that Buddy, he's the best one in this whole entire group. And next week, it was announced CMFTR is going to be facing the House of Black for the trio's titles. So maybe FTR and CM Punk can have a good match with the House of black and make these guys look good just how ftr has been doing for every tag team they step foot in the ring in we get to see hobbs on this episode of collision as well qt marshall he's trying to get in hobbs good graces still offering all kinds of gifts but hobbs refuses to get help from qt and it looks like hobbs is not going to get on the same page with qt anytime soon christian cage he has an interview and there's a little girl with him i believe it was his daughter but it looks like he kidnapped her for a second. He ends up getting security on the little girl and gets her thrown out of the building. So that was hilarious. Jay White versus Metalik. And this is another guy that I was saying after his feud with FTR, Jay White, he's a completely different person. He's a lot more interesting now, especially with these random cold matches that he had. He comes out with the entire Bang Bang Club, including Juice Robinson and the Cardboard. Juice Robinson, he's a great corner man he's out there talking smack to metalik every chance he gets and it's really entertaining to see jay white ends up winning with the switchblade finisher and this was a good match jay white looked really good here but i'm still having trouble understanding why the guns are in this faction with jay white and juice robinson the guns are also a great tag team but instead of combining tag teams together to form a faction i would like to see the gun club 
clubs be established as their own good tag team just how the bullet club gold did on their own but right now the gun club and the bullet club they're all together hopefully this leads to something in the future because i would like to see the guns versus the bullet club gold sometime down the road and the main event the main event was it was a main event it was really good not only did we have jr come out to the announcer's booth to announce this match but also ricky the dragon steamboat was a special guest referee at least that's how it was advertised but steamboat he ended up being a second referee that just hung out outside of the ring i thought that the dragon was actually going to be refereeing this entire match but for some reason he was a backup referee but not the main referee cm punk comes out and he's introduced as the real world champion and he comes out with a axw belt and i say axw because people were making quite the big deal on the internet because cm punk crossed out the e in aew which stands for elite and now it looks like it's the axw belt and the crowd is fired up for this we have let's go ricky cm punk chance non-stop throughout this match and punk he mocks ricky but then ricky mocks cm punk right back and they're having a really good main event match here ricky starks is throwing some heavy hammers at cm punk some good looking punches cm punk returns the favor with his own the match breaks out outside of the ring and cm punk is wailing on ricky starks but the dragon steamboat grabs cm punk and throws him off ricky starks which gets a pop from the crowd like oh he, he put his hands on cm punk that's what the dragon steamboat is there for a regular referee would not put their hands on a wrestler like that but he did the main referee that was in the ring calling the match ends up getting knocked out ricky starks goes for the pin and tries to cheat again like he has before ricky starks has beaten cm punk by grabbing the ropes but this time ricky the dragon steamboat sees it knocks ricky starks feet off the ropes and does his job and the whole point of dragon steamboat being there is so ricky starks wouldn't cheat so the dragon did not let him cheat this time cm punk retains in a great main event and starks gets some heat on steamboat after the match major heat he whips him with the bell and the people are just booing ricky starks and ricky starks crossed the line here with this one you can tell by punk's facials that this is not going to end well for ricky starks so aew collision is back on track here with this wrestling show it was really exciting great main event some matches were set up for the Wembley and also I forgot to mention that FTR have also made a challenge for their Wembley match to the Young Bucks so we're going to be seeing FTR versus the Young Bucks at the Wembley and it's most likely going to be for the AEW tag team titles let me know what you guys think about all of this at Snug Wrestling thank you guys for listening and we'll talk soon